Welcome to Movie the Podcast this week we watched. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Numer. I'd like to thank Gogs. For being an asshole. Wesley Snipes, he's been a killer and a commando. Patrick Swayze, he's been a heartthrob and a hero. But these tough guys are about to face the most physically challenging roles of their careers. Let's give it to them, girls. Meet Vita Boem. Enchanté. Why are you crying? Maybe she just found out Menudo broke up. Miss Noxima Jackson. Jesse's daughter. And their protege, Chichi Rodriguez. I'm the Latino Marilyn Monroe. I got more legs than a bucket of chicken. They were headed for Hollywood. Think of it as Easy Rider in dresses. On a sacred mission. Must take this message from Miss Numar with us across the land. Going on right here. A celebration. But along the way, they had an unexpected stop. You know what you career girls want? Careers? That is some sugar. Please, no. No! No! I can't believe this! Don't quote me, but I think this one is deceased. A dead white policeman? Now, they're stranded in a strange land. Well, ladies, welcome to Snydersville. And you thought the dust bowl was over? This is the presidential suite. That must have been one of those bad presidents. You got beat up by a girl? <laughs> and before they leave... Do you like my nails? They may turn this town from drab to utterly, utterly fabulous. Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present... How do I look? Like the Miami sound machine just exploded all over you. Wesley Snipes. Look, I'm sorry about the way the Civil War turns out. Patrick Swayze. I gather you like hitting ladies. Some ladies need to get hit. And John Leguizamo. I gotta go. I got cramps. To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Turn it out. Screw I'll it. Do, I'll do it for you. Okay, give it to me. In five, four. That's it. Movie the podcast. That's right. Movie the podcast. It's Patrick Maisie. We're all still separated, but we're all still together. <laughs> That's true. That's, that's separate, beautiful. Separate but equal. Right? Mm. I'm hmm. still getting busted of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we've done it again. What, what, what is it that we've done? Watch the film. <laughs> we did. We did do that. Yeah. Mm. And we have a new theme. We've, we're back to normal, proper themes. Right. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick Maisie has begun. And long, long may he reign. Were you guys sur- surprised at like how thin his filmography is? It's, yes. Yeah, it's it's much more meek than you would think. Ugh. You think he'd carry a lot more, a lot more weight. Well, it's oh, hard yeah. to I'll be right back. I gotta shut my window because somebody's having like a concert outside. You probably can hear. You guys keep t- keep talk talk no, amongst yourselves. The window thing. <laughs> We can't hear your concert at all. Ah, fuck it. I won't leave. Then I won't. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking hear it. Not? Yeah. He only had like maybe six movies that I recognized. Can. Fung Fu. Everything. Julie Newmar. Yeah. The inferior of the two drag movies to come out, I think on the same day. I agree with you. Uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert is a better movie than that. Oh, yeah. That's the same day. 
No, but I remember them being. They might not even be the same year, but I remember them being like very close together. It's a it's a deep impact. It's a deep impact <laughs> event horizon situation. Yeah, it's a joke. I know Gogs. I was waiting okay. for that reaction. Event horizon. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what'd you all watch this week? Uh, while we were sitting around playing with each other's quarantine dicks. Huh. Alec. Oh, dip. <laughs> I watched four things. Holy shit. God damn. Yeah. I only watched one thing, so. I watched The Death of Stalin. Oh, I, I still need to watch that. Gog saw that, right? No, I was going to watch It's on Netflix now, right? Uh, uh, Amazon, uh, I think. On Prime. It's on something. Yeah. Something I wonder for, watch it now that I saw the extra for it. How'd you like it, Alec? Um, it's good. It's mm-hmm. not. It does. It's not. Uh, it doesn't strike the tone that the trailers would lead you to believe. It's, it's like a dark a... comedy, but emphasis on the dark. It's not super funny at all. I right. watched. Oh, I did watch the first like ten minutes of it, and the first ten minutes were like kind of like real dark. Yeah. Like there are some funny bits in it, but overall, I'd say it's more of like a. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a, a dark, his, dark historical comedy emphasis on dark and history. Not a. Not too much comedy, especially considering who is in it. Well, I think that movie got buried a little bit because uh, Jeffrey Tambor got me too twice, like right before it came out. Yeah, that's that right. right. Before that, but. Uh, yeah, I expected it to be funny. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I expected. Huh. Um, but I'd recommend it. Steve Buscemi's like really good. He plays uh, Nikita Khrushchev. Nice. That's pretty great. They uh, they do a thing which is great where they don't make everybody try to have a Russian accent. Like everybody's just talking in their normal. I appreciate their that. normal like, voices, and like you, you just you you know that you know that it's Soviet era Russia. Like, it's not like that. Uh, what was that fucking Russian movie? Well, it wasn't. It was a. It was an American movie, but it was a Hunt Russian. for Red October. No, that it, we watched it that with Tom Hardy <laughs> and Joel Cinnamon. Child forty four. Oh, and like everybody had like half a Russian accent, and like Tom Hardy was like I don't even know Irish or something. Like Gary Oldman was taking his out for a walk. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very strange. Tim Curry's Russian accent in Hunt for the Red October wasn't bad. Who's right? I forgot he was even in Hunt for Red October. But like um like Chernobyl had everyone everyone was like fucking British or Stellan Starsguard or whatever his name was. They yeah. were British or Stellan Starsguard. <laughs> I don't know what his accent is besides Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, what are they? What? He's from Norwegian. Norwegian, I think. It's just some kind of weird white. Yeah, he's Norwegian. Yeah. But uh I'd recommend it. It's it's worth a watch. I don't think it was very long. I think it's like an hour and a half. That's perfect. I didn't recognize the guy who played Stalin, and I haven't looked it up yet. Is he? It was actually Joseph Stalin. <laughs> no, he wasn't anybody that I've seen they, before. They dug him up. <laughs> um, I watched the uh, the film that potentially ruined Pauly Shore's career, Biodome. You've been on a real Pauly Shore kick here lately. That's the one that ruined his career. Yeah, they're was really easy Paul? movies to watch. I feel like his career ruined his career. <laughs> ruined. Like, like, <laughs> like, so I talked about Son-in-Law a few weeks ago. And, like, Biodome has no charm. Like, Son-in-Law, he's, like, kind of charming and affable. And, like, you like him and the other characters are, too. 
this is Stephen Baldwin and Pauly Shore like farting their way through a movie. Isn't it's it? Not. It's so bad. Isn't Tenacious D in that movie for like two seconds? Yeah, they show up for like a half a second playing. Uh, we're gonna save some fucking trees. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even remember the song. Oh, really? they were, in it, He's really good in it. They weren't even Tenacious D at that point, right? That was pre HBO Tenacious D, I think. Uh maybe think so. it was ninety five, yeah. so it would have been right around. Because they were on Mister Show, and then I think then they did the the HBO Tenacious D shorts, which are brilliant, by the way. What was like, the catchphrase in this? Was it like? Nerdlings or something? Or? I just remember there was a line in the trailer that was like, are you tired? Because you've been running around in my mind all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Did, did it hurt? <laughs> when you fell from heaven. I say that shit on the reg. I simp, yeah. simp 1,000 with that shit. <laughs> Probably while you're drowning in late. Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah. Encino Man's the best Polly Shore movie, right? Like... I'd have to see it again. I liked I liked Son in Law. Son in Law was charming, but yeah, I know big caveman Brendan Fraser is a big draw for me. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Brendan Fraser that he doesn't? He's not in anything anymore. He's in Doom Patrol. His, Doom Patrol is good. Okay, that's the one thing he's been in in like ten years. Yeah, and well. look look up a picture of him from like recent times. You'll see why he isn't in anything. They yeah. need to make more mummy movies. Just to he looks like he got stung it. by all the bees. He, he looks like he's got that Kathleen Turner syndrome where she's starting to turn into Mickey Rourke. I like Bedazzled. That was a good one. That Juice. was a good one. Juice. That was a good one. Bedazzled is the like the one with Elizabeth Hurley where she's like the devil. Is yeah. that that's that's the right title, right? Yeah, it's a it's, remake. Oh, really? Yeah, it's some like forties or fifties movie. It's I think. a remake of the Seventh Seal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I watched finally watched Stuber. Oh, oh, I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Was it? I have yeah. heard a lot of bad reviews of that movie. But was like, Dave Batista the, tra- the best part? The trailer looked fun. Like I wore glasses. Um, I mean, Dave Batista is the best part of everything, especially when he has tiny glasses on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun and like. There's violence in it that is shockingly violent and bloody and gory. Well, I know it's that... Really, it's really... Uh, it was almost jarring, the first, like, violent part of the movie. I was like, oh, my God. Is it like an Edgar Wright kind of thing? Um, Yeah, kind of. One of the guys they... I who directed it. One of the guys they fight is the raid guy, right? Yeah, he's like the main yeah. bad you, guy. Or whatever. I always forget his name. Uh, Ico Uwes. Yeah. Yeah, that guy rules. Uwe, More about him Ford. later. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. It's again, it's not a. It wasn't on the level of like Good Boys as far as comedies last year, but it was still fun. So the guy who directed it's the same guy who directed Goon, which is another funny movie with a Goon lot is, of violence. Goon is not bad at all. I like Goon. Goon was Jay a lot of fun. No, um, his name's uh Michael Douse. Okay, Jay Baruchel wrote Goon, I think. Jay Baruchel is the. He's also in the movie, right? Kid from, uh, like yeah. Stifler, that might be Stifler's best movie. Oh, for sure. I actually forgot about the goon, I think, when we were talking about him last week, because he's very good in that. Yeah, he's, he's also very good bulletproof monk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how, have, good movie. how have we not watched that on this show? I swear to God, that seems to be tailor-made for us. We'll save it for Chow Jun Fat or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, we also have to watch Replacement Killers, which is... Uh, 
young TJ's most disappointing film, like maybe of my entire life. I was so excited for his American that, debut. That soundtrack slaps, though. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. No. Sorry, anything else, Alex? Yeah, one more. I watched uh, Ruben Fleischer's uh, magnum opus, Zombieland 2, Double Ooh. Tap. I heard it was not good. It was fine. I heard it was, like, wholly unremarkable. If you like the first Zombieland, you will like the second Zombieland. I like the first Zombieland. If you did not like the first Zombieland, then you're not going to like the second Zombieland. I don't know if I like it enough to wait 10 years for a sequel. You know, it's like, eh. People who are huge Zombieland fans, like, I don't feel like they needed a lot of, like, evolution in their characters or anything like that. Sure. So this is a perfect 10-year-later movie. So fun. who's who's the Bill Murray of this movie? Because I'm sure like they had to do that, right? Like there's um, like a big cameo. No, not really. Really, uh, that's Luke, shocking. Luke Wilson's in it for a minute, and Thomas Middleditch. They play like bizarro versions of Woody Harrelson and. Uh, they show up the trailer, right? Like they show up and they're like saying the same shit, and like yeah, yeah. Who's Thomas Middleditch? He's from Silicon Valley, like the main nerd from that show. If you've seen he's also that. on like Ver- those Verizon commercials you've probably seen. He's like a skinny nerd looking guy. Very okay. very nebbish. If you, overexposed. If you, if you saw him, you'd know who he is because he's he's in a lot of stuff. Like he's in a lot of ads and things. Um yeah, if you like the first one, you like this one. There's uh but there's no main like main big like cameo in the middle of it or anything like the uh that's surprising. With a movie like that, I thought that they would, you know, they do the Home Alone 2 thing and follow just the same formula. Yeah, Rosario Dawson's in it. Ooh, I like that. He's better than in the rundown. <laughs> she's in the rundown? I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah, she's in the rundown, all right. She's she has a leader slash love interest slash bartender. She has a god-awful Brazilian question mark accent through the whole thing. Spanish. Yeah, well, but they're in Brazil. All right, TJ. Oh, shit. I only watched one thing. I watched uh, Spring Breakers because it's on with, with, with what's his name being Riff Raff, basically. Yeah, it's uh, James Franco. Harmony Corrin directed it. It's a movie. I, I, you know, the thing is, so it showed up on Netflix and it's a movie that the reason I watched it is because. I'm in this A24 group which in on Facebook, which is hilarious because it's literally like... How insufferable is it? It's not, bad. I, I left. It's funny. It's more funny to me than insufferable because it's literally just like every A24 movie, somebody posts it and they're like... Literally every other post, it's like a seesaw. It's like somebody posts Midsummer and it's like, I love this movie. It's the greatest movie ever. Then somebody else posts Midsummer. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Why did A24 put this out? Bing bong, bing bong, pat back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You should. It's the. I think the one that's like the most controversial on there is first reformed. Like people are constantly back and forth about that. Yeah. Well, and also Tusk. I see that posted all the time. It's like people love it, and I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Tusk is garbage. But anyway, Spring Breakers gets brought up a lot as the worst A24 movie. Um, I'm here to say that I think it's actually like a pretty. I. It's a movie that needs somebody else to direct it. I think that, or somebody else to write it, excuse me. I think that there's a lot of really interesting ideas that Harmony Korine puts out in this film. I think that there's Is a that lot of... your name? Korine? I th- it's either Korin or Korine. I've heard it said both ways. Why are you going to ask me how to say somebody's name properly? 
No. <laughs> that is not my strong suit. Spell it. Either. It's it's spelled Corine, but that's not I, letters. It's spelled a, it's K-O-R-I-N-E, I think. Yeah. It's a Harmony Corinne's a man? Yeah. I posted that picture on the, the, the molehole page with uh, him and his wife and Sean holding their baby. <laughs> oh, that's who that like, was? Yeah. Well, I yeah, recognized Sean. Sean. I didn't recognize the other Sean, thing. yeah. I thought Harmony Corinne was like a like a like the like the chick who wrote that pregnant movie about hard candy. The fuck are you talking? No, Harmony Corinne is a man. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, a uh, funny story. Uh, my resume, when I got it together, I used a picture of Gaspar No on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. It'd be, better, it'd be better if, like, a huge movie buff was the one who looked at it like... <laughs> that would be great. Fucking or if I company. applied to work on one of the movies. Your boss <laughs> is, like, wearing a fucking Enter the Void t-shirt. <laughs> I just want to go to wherever he lives and do a bunch of terrible shit. <laughs> oh, like he hasn't already done it. He yeah, strikes fair. me as he's done a lot of weird shit. I'd have to you do a bunch of guys who also made Ghost Story. She looked like him too. Yeah, kind of. Um, that guy's movie I read today. Uh, his next movie, The Green, oh, Green Knight. Knight. He's like, we don't know if they're gonna what they're gonna do with it because it's supposed to have been out. Like well, now, you the, the big hubbub with Universal because they released whatever that Trolls movie was and it made like a billion dollars on VOD that now AMC won't show their movies at all. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. Jesus. Perfect. They should all just start releasing everything on VOD. Get rid of movie theaters. I yeah. still. Uh, no, don't say that. I love no, movie theaters. You have your pretentious ass. You'll have the Charles and. No, I like. Movie, like, the, I want to go see Tenet in a theater, man. Like, I like movie theaters. The town I'm moving to in Florida has a movie theater. It's like from the the turn of the century. It has two screens. That rules. Which century? Uh, the twenty <laughs> third. I'm How is AMC not like struck while the iron's hot and be like, guess what's back? Drive in movies and just figure out how to do that shit. How the fuck are they going to do that, dude? What are they going to fucking build it? Like, the <laughs> We're not to start projecting the shits on the side of the building and still sell tickets. Logistically, how is that going to fucking work? Huh? People how is that better than no money? Well, how you, is that going to work? Gogs, have you ever been to Benji's drive in? No, I've never been any driving. It seems like nine so. acres. Like you need a lot of space to have a drive-in that functions. Is, is that, that place time? still open right now? If there's time for drive-in movies to make a resurgence, it's now. That's all I'm saying. Not don't disagree with that, but your initial plan is ludicrous. <laughs> I anyway, I really like Spring Breakers a lot. I know it's not for everybody, and it's a movie that by the end you're kind of like, well, this is a lot of just kind of there's a lot of ideas just thrown at you, and, and it's not... Gist? I'm not going to see it. What's the gist? It's, it's about these girls that Pass. are all... Um, well, all of them except for... It's funny, because I, I was talking to Anthony about this today. So, the it's four girls, and the three girls are all um, famous, and they're, they're all... I think they're all ex-Mouseketeer girls. So, it's Selena Gomez, uh, Abby Benson... And um, I always forget that girl's name. Um, Net Funicello. No, she was in like High School Musical. She's gorgeous. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Hudgens. She's the she's, main one, right? There's not really a main one. They're all. She's one of the Spider-Man breaker. movies. No, I don't uh, think so. But that's Zendaya. They're all gorgeous. Oh, okay. Like all, uh, Selena Gomez is disturbingly young looking. Uh, I think they do that on purpose because she's like the pure one in the group. She's the, her name is Faith and she's religious. Oh, <laughs> so stupid! Her name is Faith, Candy, Britt, and Kati. 
So the one that isn't like a girl that you'd recognize is Harmony Curran's wife. But unlike Kevin Smith's wife, she's like really attractive. So it like doesn't you're not like, who is she? And I have to say this about Harmony Curran's wife, great tits. She also, like, in some weird way, out of all of them, Harmony Curran's wife is the only one that gets naked and does any kind of graphic stuff. So I don't know, like I don't know if you should compliment Corrine for that or like the rest of them are just like, I'm not doing this. I'm actually famous. Um, but anyway, so they are just these kind of, uh, sh- I don't know what the word would be. Like they directionless college girls, all of them. And they're trying to find their way in life and they decide that they want to go to spring break, but they don't have any money. So uh, three of them who were the more kind of, aggressive like i would say uh what's the word like not evil but they're they're more mischievous uh kind of kind of girls they decide they're going to rob a chicken restaurant so they can fund their spring break so and that sugar and spice basically not as like sugar and spice is like a straight up comedy this is like a like a more of like a it's like a harmony Corinne movie like it's more just weird and yeah, it's not like I don't know. You really, if you haven't seen his movies, it's hard to describe. It's like it's kind of like trying to describe, describe a Jim Jarmusch movie to somebody that hasn't seen it. Like the, Harmony Corinne just has a way of yeah, writing. Jim Jarmusch makes good movies. Yeah, so does Corinne. I mean, Mister mm. Mister Lonely is really good. Fucking, I've only seen Kids. I think that's the only one of his movies, and that's not even his movie. He didn't. He just wrote it. Oh uh, shit! Harvey Clark directed that movie. Um, well then, damn. But uh. Anyway, so they they rob this place. Then they go to spring break. Um, they go crazy, and then they they end up they end up getting busted at this party. And that's when they run into uh, James Franco, who plays this rapper named Alien. <laughs> and he's if if there's nothing else that you'd enjoy from this movie, James Franco's performance in this movie is unbelievable. At one point, he's he takes so he like befriends all these girls and it's like a whole thing where it's like well he's obviously using them and he's going to do something nefarious with them and i don't want to give the whole movie away but what ends up happening is a lot different than that and then uh uh what's his name gucci main is that his name the rapper with the ice cream cone on his face what's that now thin he's like a rival drug dealer to alien and they end up in this like turf war it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome but um (laughs) <laughs> James Franco is so great in this movie because at one point I swear like they he just Car- Harmony Corinne just put him in this room with a bunch of goofy shit and he's just riffing and he's like look at my shit he's like I got the machine guns on the wall I got size I got <laughs> ninja stars oh so it's like being at Goggs' house it's fucking hilarious and at, at one point <laughs> at one point at one point like you can tell like he's I think he's, you know, like they probably, it's probably a long ass take. So at first he sounds like he's in character, but like towards the end of the scene where he just has to keep like saying shit, he's like, I got this perfume. I got this other perfume. And he's like, he's kind of breaking a little bit. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, but mixed in with all that, there's a lot of actually cool camera work, a lot of interesting little editing tricks that I think Corrine does. But overall, I think it's an, it's an interesting film. It's not great, but it's certainly not bad. It could use, I think, like I said, the thing I took away from it is if you let Corinne direct it, because there's a lot of cool, like, flares in the direction, and had somebody else write it, I think it'd be a better movie. It'd be more focused. 
But overall, I enjoy it. I think it's worth a watch. It's short. It's like, I think it's 93 minutes long. So anyway, uh, I pass the mic to Sean. Oh, I watched four things, but I'm going to talk about two of them in depth. Uh, I watched Tombstone. That's still good. Good movie. I watched Best of the Best. It's still the best of the best. <laughs> I watched um, uh, Once I watched Upon a Time in Hollywood. Boxer. It's still a kickboxer. Yeah. It was. I heard about this. Fine. Mm. I thought mm. the ending was really good. Um, mm. I don't know. It felt kind of directionless. Like, not like not well directed because I mean, it's Tarantino. So, you know, a fine Tarantino movie is still better than 99% of movies that come out. But it just, I don't know. It just, it, it seems a lot like his last two movies. They're just kind of meanders a lot. You didn't pick up, you didn't feel like slow burn tension? Like it was. Like, this is going to sound crazy because it's such a big part of the movie, but you could almost cut um, Margot Robbie's whole story out of the movie. I kind of just want to see the Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And then when he goes to Italy, that whole sequence it just feels really superfluous. Yeah, I don't know. It, it worked. I already, I already talked to you about this analog, but I, none of that. I didn't, I didn't really have that reaction. Like, I, it all just worked for me. I, th- I felt like the movie flowed. Like I watched it with Gogs, and it was what the second or third time I'd watched it, and it's just like I don't know. It felt like it was over before it started. I I don't know. I I really I mean I really loved it, but yeah. I, I mean I get like Margot Robbie's part. She exists just as like you know. I mean, her part is more just framework for understanding well, the setting. It's the heart of the movie, though. I mean, it's like the it's it's a Hollywood fable, and her right. story is the like the right. Hollywood fable. And in Tarantino's mind and history, he can change it so it's a positive story instead of a tragedy. Right. It's just one of those things. Like, I don't know what the movie's like necessarily about or what the theme is. Like, because again, it's that. In one hand, like you said, it's the Hollywood fable, but on the other hand, it's the like the nitty gritty of stardom. Like, I don't know. It just like, I feel like it needs to pick one or the other. That's just my opinion. Although without the Margot Robbie story, you don't get that brilliant ending, which I think is probably one of the best endings he's ever made. It's the ending is incredible. Like yeah. it's, it's so good. Also it's like Chekhov's flamethrower. Also. Yeah. yeah. I will say that I didn't, when I, when I watched the first time, I did not see the flamethrower in the closet. Like you see it in the shed. Like when he when Brad Pitt is fixing the roof, you see the flamethrower in the shed. I did not notice. Gogs pointed it right out. I was like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. But yeah, like it's still a good movie. It's just again, it's kind of like I don't know if it's just like his style is wearing on me or what. But it's just it feels like the last two movies he made are just a little bloated. Did uh did you feel that the Bruce Lee scene was disrespectful to Bruce Lee's legacy? No, I don't get. Like, I don't know what people are upset about. <laughs> so stupid. Get like, shoved into the side of that car. From a lot of actually, like, if people have actually read anything about Bruce Lee, he was kind of a prick. Yeah. Like he was not like a nice person. So like I don't know. And it was funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's not like that. He came out in, like a rice paddy hat and <laughs> right. like you know what I mean. He, right. he sounded like how Bruce Lee sounds when he talks. Right. Yeah, I thought that guy that played Bruce Lee did a wonderful job. Yeah, like, like, thought, like if you ever listen to Bruce Lee actually talk about martial arts, it's like the most pretentious shit. It's like listening to like uh, Frank Herbert talk about Dune. Well, think about it. When he came over, 
he kind of showed the world martial arts, like, or at least America, not the world, but America, at least. And America, we didn't, the pop, the greater populace didn't know shit about karate or anything like that. So, like, he's basically a wizard <sighs> at that point. So yeah. anything he says is going to sound, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, I can understand where he could buy into his own hype like that. Surprisingly, I don't think the movie really touched on race at all. And I know that's something he likes to kind of deal with in his movies, but... no. <laughs> He just likes to say the N-word a lot. He does. I think he maybe he ran out. Yeah. Oh, he, he, lost, he ran out of passes? No, he just ran out of words. Like, he had a pallet full of them or something to use them all up. <laughs> I forget. They, they didn't play up the whole... They didn't play up that whole angle of the Manson family, right? I forget about, like, the, the inside no. the race war. Nah, they didn't really talk about that. That's kind like of a heavy Glorious Bastards is still his best movie. That or Jackie Brown. I think I'm in, I'm in brown camp. What else, Sean? I, want, I finally watched The Night Comes for Us. Oh, it's so good. Um, the guy, not uh, Iko Uwe's, the other guy from the raid, the guy that's the actual lead of this movie, is so fucking good. Like, he, it's like a very well acted movie on top of being like you know a kick ass Indonesian, like the most ultra violent movie. It's so gory. <laughs> that movie's <laughs> so fucking <laughs> violent. There's so many like disemboweling and delimbings in that movie. Well, I love it because, like, I mean, it's long. You know, yeah. it's it's two hours flat, which I mean doesn't seem super long, but for that type of movie, it's long. But like, there's just enough plot. Like, it's got the perfect amount of plot to keep the movie going forward. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that movie. I thought that movie was so awesome. Honestly, and this is gonna be a really hot take, but I I think I like it better than either of the raid movies. Wow, just because the camera works a lot more still. I can see that. You know, the raid the raid's great, but it's a lot of handheld shit. Uh, this guy also directed that movie Headshot. Or I need to watch that. That's on Netflix or Amazon. I've been meaning to watch it forever. But no, that um, it, like you know everything shot medium. Um, like I actually feel like emotionally invested in the characters. I think I, I mentioned on Facebook, but like I think it's a movie that should be up there with like the John Wicks and the Fury Roads. But I think it's a movie everybody's already forgot about. Oh yeah, the only people that talk about that movie is us. We talked about it on the show, and I feel like that's it. I mean, it's a Netflix original. It's just it got you know lost with it'll get lost with Apostle and an I am Mother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's another one. Yeah, great movie. Do you think it's just a thing that because it wasn't in a theater, like people forgot about it? I don't, you know, because I don't think that's a. I think that's not going to reach the same. I mean, the raid is a. Culture is a cultural touchstone for action fans. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like it's not going to have the far reach that Wick did. I feel like Wick reached beyond that, right? But nobody saw that in the theater. No, John Wick. No, 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 not the first one. After the, well, I didn't watch it until you guys were talking up because when I heard about it, like when the when the fucking trailer or whatever came out, I was like, "Who's John Wick and why do I care?" The trailer, the trailer looked awful. Right, trailer looked really bad. It just looked like a, a transporter or. Uh, you know, pick a Liam Neeson action movie. Yeah, it looked awful. So, yeah, it didn't get legs under it until it was, like, in the home market, and then everybody fucking caught on. That's why 2 and 3 did some gangbusters. But I don't think, I don't, I still, even even that, I feel like the night comes for us isn't, one, you gotta, like, read it, and two, it's super violent. I mean, it's way more violent. I, don't, I just feel like it's not gonna get that much... It, it's more violent than most horror movies. Yeah, like, it like is way violent. It's like it's so violent it almost borders on like a like a Peter Jackson <laughs> type movie. Yeah, it's crazy. 
and they're they're always just hacking like it's funny i don't i might have said this i don't know whenever we talked about this movie originally but there's like a really great scene in drunken master 2 which is one of my favorite martial arts movies ever you guys might be familiar with it but yeah the first a, one's not very good the first one sucks but the second one drunken master 2 is a masterpiece but there's a scene where where jackie chan gets attacked by these like hundred guys with these hatchets in a restaurant yeah it's, it's a very famous scene in that movie but it's it's bloodless like the, you know what i mean like jackie chan kicks everybody's ass but like there's no blood it's like a ninja turtles fight right yeah or like then, a, the, the wolverine scene in x2 right but this movie has a hundred guys with hatchets and it's like hands are getting lopped off arms are getting lopped off like stuff's getting stuck in people it's the pool like the pool hall the gang whatever the gang hangout that yeah fight. like don't oh. get shot don't you guys get blown off a shotgun at some yes, point? Yeah. Yes. It's also funny to watch a movie that's foreign because people smoke in it. Yeah. 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 It's, Not. it's I really need to watch that again. I, I, I wonder, like, that's one of those movies where it's like, it, it, I feel like I need to buy a physical copy of it because I'm worried they're going to take it off Netflix at some oh, point. I watched one more thing I want to talk about it real quick and then we sure. can move on. Go ahead. Uh, I watched uh, Bernie, the Richard Linklater movie with Jack Black. Oh, I, I watched... It's fine. I it's based, liked it. It's based off a true story. I, I watched it like I started watching it really late at night. I feel like I need to watch it again. It's slow. But What's I mean, is that the one where he's like looks like he's a used car salesman? Yeah, he's like Paul Bear. But he like kills somebody. It's based off a true story, right? Yeah, like, he's a like a funeral director that like the whole town loves and he gets hooked up with um not Sissy Spacek, what is it? Uh, what the fuck is her name? Anne Margaret. It's somebody like that. It's like one of those like old glamorous Hollywood actresses, and she's yeah. like a real bitch. It's kind Faye of like Ray. A, it's like a <laughs> yeah. It's like a Joan Crawford. Um, no, I liked it. Uh, Linklater's a guy like I find curious. He's like he's like all over the place. He's very hit or miss with me. Like yeah. he's either like he's like Queen. I either love his shit or I can't stand it. It's he's either. Like, it's either a scanner darkly or it's fast food nation. You know? He's also directed shit like you wouldn't think of, like the Bad News Bears remake, which I liked. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, um, it's good. But uh, no, scanner darkly we talked about like ad nauseum. I love that movie though. Yeah, it's great. So, but Waking no, I, Life is good. It, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Most burning. of the most of the after movies I I like. I know those are kind of those are kind of polarizing for people, but I like. Oh, them. speaking of Ethan Hawke and. Um, his daughter in that movie in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she has the biggest tits. I forgot she who's she in that. I've she's heard... in the back seat when uh, they're getting ready to go kill DiCaprio and Pitt. She's one of those chicks. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so's uh, Harley Quinn Smith is in it for like two seconds. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, they could keep that. That was uh, what's her name, and I, I, I it was funny because uh, I can't even think of her fucking name now. Girls, what's that chick's name? Isla Schlesinger. No, no, Gogs, help me out here. No, um, the one, the ugly one. Yes, the the, the Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham, she's in it. Yeah, she's part of the cult. Yeah, she's part of the cult. And I remember when I saw her in the theater. There's two other people that were like, "Oh, <laughs> it was very funny." All right, well, uh, it's less gross than finger and your sister, Gogs. Um, I watched one and a half things. Oh shit! One and a half things. I watched. I got on to uh, Tubi. You guys heard about Tubi? Dude, Tubi's yeah. the shit. We talk about Tubi every week. I, uh, so I watched because uh, I wanted to know how it held up. I watched Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. On Still Tubi. pretty good. 
still pretty good. I think it's better than when I first watched it. Dobus. Dobus PR. <laughs> this is what we do. This is who we are. I love that. That's like, oh, it's, a good it's, it's pretty great. You like, have to like Tim and Eric. <laughs> oh, you have to. It's unapologetic. Like if it's, if that's not your style, then it will be uh, insufferable. That movie will be <laughs> What's, I can't wait to use that to cuter. <laughs> Can't wait to crunch the numbers on the Takita Takita. Yeah, fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, John C. Riley plays this like weird, like I don't know, retarded man named Takito that like <laughs> like a disease transient that lives in the mall. <laughs> he lives in an abandoned mall that Tim and Eric buy. It's it's old, he eats old, he eats old thawed taquitos that haven't been refrigerated, and he's always sick. And he was raised by a wolf. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> There's like one line that gets delivered like after like Tim bangs Eric's like the the old woman Eric wants to bang. He's like, You're not gonna mind the fact that my wick was in that hole? And it's like mm. <laughs> it just says it so nonchalantly. I I love that movie. It's very good. And the way he like the way Tim addresses the used toilet paper salesman's son, like he's looking at a like a dog, like a show dog. Like, where are we getting this boy? Look at this one. My favorite scene in that whole movie, though, is the Will Forte thing where he sells swords, but he doesn't want to sell swords. Well, the city pays him not to sell swords. Yeah, he's he's a sword salesman, but when he doesn't sell swords, he's the most happy. People are like, can I buy this sword? Like, Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, I watched that on Tubi. Nice. And then I watched half I'll watch, I'm going to watch the other half, but I watched half of Silent Hill on Tubi. The first Ooh, one? Bucks. Yeah, that movie's not good. So, parts of it aren't bad in the first half. Like, all the physical, like, all the practical stuff yeah. isn't bad. All of the CGI is terrible. And the story sucks. Like, it, they... They, like, cheese the fuck out of that. I think we've talked about this a bunch, or at least I know TJ and I have. Why didn't they just film Silent Hill 2 and make that the movie? Yeah. Silent Hill 2 is a much better story for a movie than Silent Hill 1. Because then you don't don't have the cult, you don't have all that bullshit. Like, Silent Hill 2 is Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, let the good Gareth direct Silent Hill 2, the movie. That would be amazing. Wait. Which one is the one? Silent Hill 3 is the mom looking for her daughter, though, right? Silent no. Hill 2 is James Sunderland looking of, for his wife. None of the Silent Hills are a mother looking for the daughter. Silent Hill 3 is a, a female lead, though, right? What's her deal? She's a teenager that you end up... She... she God, It's her it, father. It, this is going to turn into the Silent Hill... I played... I know way too much about the Silent Hill lore, but no, she's not a mother. She ends up becoming a mother by the end of the game in a way... Mm, don't we all but no the, the best one is silent hill 2 because silent hill 2 is just about how silent hill manifests all your guilt into monsters and shit right it's, silent hill 1 is still about like a cult and all that bullshit silent hill 2 is kind of like the babadook like it's like thematically very similar yeah and it's brilliant like if if you got yeah if you got the good gareth to make a silent hill a uh, silent hill 2 movie it'd be incredible or so, like or or uh what's her name? Ari Aster. The, Ari Aster, the the what's her name that made the uh Klein, I think is her name. The 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 woman that made the Babadook. Oh yeah. What's did you anybody see her other movie? Yeah, I talked about it on the show. You might have it. The the Nightingale. It's an, yeah. amazing. It's on Hulu. I highly recommend it. But right. it is 
very disturbing. There is, there is, there is a graphic sexual assault that makes irreversible seem tame. There's a scene, the Nightingale. Hmm. It's on Hulu. It's, it's really good, but there is some, there is some stuff in it that is tough. (laughs) I would not watch this with your girlfriend or wife. So I was, can I watch it with Gogs' wife? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you can watch it with somebody else's wife, just not your own, or girlfriend, just not your own. Yeah, Liz walked by. She's like, thumbs up. She's like, sure. <laughs> and oddly enough, directed by a woman. So, like, well, otherwise it wouldn't happen, right? Like they'd be like, mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know. but the, I don't know. So, so I haven't played. I played Silent Hill one with um, a buddy of ours, like. When he would, I'm not gonna name names, but he would he would invite me over his house just so he wouldn't be scared by himself to play the game. It's sit in the dark, light a candle, play Silent Hill. That's how I played Silent Hill One. Dude, Silent Hill One PS One era was scary shit. That yeah, I was I was my freaked dad, out. I remember my dad was drunk playing Resident Evil on PlayStation. He almost shot me when the dogs came <laughs> through the window, like <laughs> for real. <laughs> now I think I bought the remasters of. Do you have those TJ still? I have your copy of it. Yeah, I'll give I, it back. Well, it's whatever. I'm, I'll play them eventually. But like, I never played two or three. That's why I picked those up. But I, I actually I never played two. Are they're not great? Like they're not. No, the remasters suck. They they fucked it up. I don't know why it's so hard to just remaster a fucking game. But well, but anyway, I the the half of Silent Hill I watched, I was like, okay, this is better. This is better than most Resident Evil movies. So. I'll see how I mean. Not a high bar. (laughs) Like it's what you got to compare it to, right? Like it's like it's compared to the Alone in the Dark movie with Christian. Speaking of speaking of Resident Evil movies, real quick. So, have any of y'all played the the Resident Evil Three remake yet? Mm -mm. I played like ten minutes of it, and they like ten minutes. Yeah. So Google it if you haven't seen it, but they made Jill Valentine look a lot like uh, what's her name, Mila Jovovich. I wonder. I'm sure that was a a uh, an artistic take. An uh, yeah, because she looks very similar to Mila Jovovich now. Oh but, God! Speaking of video games, if you like uh, Streets of Rage Four, get River City Girls. That's really good too. I wanted to get that too. Streets of Rage Four is a lot of fun. So yeah. in Streets of Rage, there's a girl that has a guitar that beats people up. I need to yeah. play this game. It's yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Like, so I have a still pulled up of Resident Evil. It looks a lot like Mila Jovovich. I know. I saw it right away. I was like, oh, shit, look at that. Anyway, all right. So let's get into the movie. That's everybody, right? It's everybody. Alec, what did we watch this week? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we lost them. Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Yeah, it was Gogs or TJ's pick. It was my pick. Yeah, I, and and like Sean just said, uh, I, you know, it was brought up that it was my pick this week, and I was like, oh, I was gonna pick Black Dog, the uh, the big rig trucking movie yeah. with uh, a great big convoy driving through <laughs> convoy the with Meatloaf and I believe uh, Randy Travis, the country singer. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right from Terminator Two. Anybody? Uh, yeah, he's in the beginning yeah. of that movie. He's in the bar. Oh, so uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert came out a year before Tu Wong Fu did. Shit. So anyway, uh, so the market was hot for uh, drag drag queen movies. Anyway, going through, I wanted to pick something different than that because I felt like it was too like too obvious, maybe. And I was like, let's pick something like you know, I've always, I've always heard about this movie, but I've never seen it. So I figured, let's watch it. 
Um, but but again, like Sean said, I was really shocked at how thin his his filmography was. Like I figured Patrick Swayze'd be in like a hundred movies, but nah, really not. Uh, so yeah, this was my pick. Uh, Gogs, what was this movie about? Uh, this movie is about three fabulous drag queens. Well, two fabulous drag queens and one sad Latin boy in a dress. Pause. Can we talk about the loose understanding of how drag queens work in this movie? Because they are in drag 24 <laughs> seven. They are not drag queens. They are transsexual, like trans women. But no, but, but at, there's a scene in the movie where Wesley Snipes explains that they're not transsexual. Women. But they, it's very strange. Like I, the, the whole time I was wondering how problematic this movie would be. Yeah. Well, if it quacks like a duck, nobody is a drag queen all day long pretending to be a woman like the the whole idea of drag is like you dress up and put on a show right it's a show yeah no i i get that i don't think the whoever wrote this movie understands that (laughs) but yeah steven Uh, spielberg i think steven spielberg wrote this movie yeah yeah that was john millius (laughs) john millius wrote this (laughs) originally this was a conan sequel Mm. i mean it could be (laughs) but uh so you get you have these three uh these three drag queens, uh, two of them have tied for the the New York regionals for world's greatest drag queen, and <laughs> they get to go to uh, California to compete for uh, Miss Drag Queen USA, and they decide to uh, to take John Leguizamo along as a little project. Yeah, because he's a he's a underdeveloped drag. Uh, yeah, drag he's a little queen. Latin boy in a dress. John Leguizamo's makeup makes him look like Bella Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they go see uh, they go see Robin Williams to go acquire transport. They rent a luxurious Cadillac uh, uh, convertible, and they. Can start- I pause you one more time, dogs? Go ahead, please. Um. When Robin Williams showed up for that part, like it made me glad it killed himself. Oh, I actually kind of, I kind of liked it. the worst. I liked it was John Jingleheimer Schmidt. I kind of liked it. Oof. Also, the, the my favorite line of the whole, like maybe my favorite bit in this whole movie, was at the car dealership, where like the the used car salesman is pleading them not to buy the <laughs> shitty Cadillac. And they're like, buy the buy the Toyota. It's the same price, and they're like. You know, should we go for style or or, or uh, substance? Uh, substance, and they and it's like that was so. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like no, ten minutes into this movie, I was like, this movie's fucking great. The fa- my favorite bit is Chris Penn's list. Oh yeah, Chris Penn is great, and we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. So anyway, they buy this clunker Cadillac, the clunker, and they start cruising cross country with all of the perils of Middle America. The Cadillac is actually as big as a whale. And it's about so to set go. sail. Nice. They didn't buy the Cadillac. They rented it for 50 bucks. <laughs> and the guy let him drive it to Los Angeles from New York. <laughs> so they go, they drop by, uh, they drop by uh, Patrick Swayze's house just in time to get a disapproving look from his mother. Uh, and then, they stopped in somewhere and found the WNBA. They found the WNBA. Hotel Six parking lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Patrick Swayze's mom's house is his house from Donnie Darko when he's like the affable pedophile. Maybe oh, it's just his actual house. <laughs> <laughs> then they get um. Then they make it. Oh, actually, before we go any further, because I did write down some notes about this movie. Okay. There was a uh, 
there, when they were doing the car scene, there was a great joke about, I feel like Jane Mansfield. And I think Wesley Snipes is like, not a great car reference. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice that there's a shitload of ADR in this movie? There is a lot of ADR in this I'm movie. Punching up. Um, I also like that um, RuPaul's character was named Rachel Tensions and she was wearing a Stars and Bars dress. That might have yeah. been the best joke in the entire movie. That was pretty great. <laughs> um, so then they cruise cross country and then they end up uh, in the town from Footloose, the town from Magnificent Seven, the town from Three Amigos, the town from Cars. These people live in a movie set in the 1800s. Yeah. It's a back lot. And- it really is hilarious. Like their main street literally looks like like Red Dead Redemption. Like what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> then over the course of a weekend, they fix the whole town with their glamorousness. Yeah. Then they go on to Hollywood or wherever, where uh, Chichi Rodriguez, uh, who Noxima is- Jackson, Noxima Jackson, and uh, Viva Vita something Vita Bohem. But uh, Chichi Rodriguez, who is also a professional golfer, uh, yeah, and, yeah, for real, that's right, yeah, forgot about. He's that. the guy who would do like the Zorro thing. Yeah, with I remember. Yeah. He's um, no uh, Lee Trevino. No, or yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and then he wins, uh, or she wins the the drag Miss Drag Queen USA, and then the movie just ends. Yeah, that is the movie. That's it. But uh, a lot of sassy Wesley Snipes. Uh. There's some curious, curious white knightism in this film. Explain. Like, uh, like all those guys are like, just the, the one dude who's just smitten with John Leguizamo's character. from Mallrats. Yeah, that's who that was, right? Yeah. Jeremy yeah, London. Or was what, that his twin brother? There two of them? They're twins. One of them's dead. Snap. You're thinking of River Phoenix. Oh, shit. Uh... What else do I got here? The, the stereo, yo, it, I'm sorry. At some point, they get pulled over by a very racist but unaware Chris Penn. Yes. Chris Penn is so racist that it overrides his ability to tell that these are okay. men. Okay. Pause. Right. Pause real quick. It has one of – so Chris Penn says, like, we don't take kindly to people driving with, you know uh, – N words and spits. Yeah, thank you. I can say <laughs> Sean can one. say the other one, <laughs> but but it cuts. So so then so Patrick Swayze goes off to talk to Chris Penn, and this is I got I, I like lost it when I was watching it on, on the couch. So it cuts to uh, John Leguizamo and Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo goes to Wesley Snipes. I think he's prejudiced. <laughs> Wesley Snipes looks at him like you were you were always the last in your class, weren't you? <laughs> Wesley Snipes has some zingers in this movie. Wesley Snipes Snipes is the best. I'm going to say that all three of them, the three main guys, are great. If there's like, it was just all their banter. I think I would give this movie a ten. I I think they're all good. I loved all their banter. You know what this movie needs to be is a long episode of Absolutely Fabulous. Yes. So we'll get sniping at each other in the car is hilarious. Wesley sniping each other, but like, uh, but yeah, Chris Penn like inadvertently tries to jack off Patrick Swayze and then they think he has a heart attack or something and then for some reason they trust Lake Wazamo to take his neck pulse. Yeah, that he was, was unconscious for like a full day somehow. <laughs> and then he's just getting like shit on by all the other cops because he got beat up by lady men. Well, they don't even... They, they, at, at, the cops just think they're ladies at right. that point. But then he goes, <laughs> he goes on this like racist anti-gay crusade 
Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how Chris Penn is like imported from a Charles Bukowski novel? And that's kind of the movie I want to see as he's like slowly coming to terms with his homosexuality and then it's not a drug. We're talking again. about like there's that great scene at each the- other with their bristly faces. Yeah, that <laughs> scene is so fucking funny. It's and dark. That like, is the yeah, he's like he's like drinking at a bar and he's like trying to like process what like homosexuality is like slowly it's amazing he's trying to talk himself out of a boner like he was just like how do i do this like i gotta walk this back alec what what did you think the best part of the movie was um (laughs) best part it's fine (laughs) i didn't set you up i didn't set you up right for that one i'm sorry (laughs) i i kind of like the movie i i kind of like the movie too overall like yeah, I'd be curious to see if like this exact movie got released now, what the um reaction would be to it, the uh the reception. Uh it would probably be better cuz like you know how like every third show is like drag queens giving you advice about something. Yeah. But the fact that they're not like actual like does that well, they're gay. They're explicitly gay in this movie. No, no, they, but they like, say that there's aren't. Like, is that a problem? Like, is no, that? No, I don't. I don't think uh, so. I don't know. Um, I will say that I think the movie, like, I give the movie credit for having three main gay characters. Like, like I'm like, really surprised that they got Wesley Snipes to do this because, like, this is right around like New Jack City, not too far after that. King of New York is only a couple of years later, and like, yeah, he still <laughs> wasn't super cool to be like a big like like a black action star and also do something like terribly feminine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Also, he is like jacked in this movie. Here's, here's, here's my main problem with the movie and where it like really derails for me. Besides the fact that it's got like a really saggy middle. Oh, the middle. The the whole premise of the movie is predicated on that. Nobody in town is even like remotely aware that these might be drag queens. Yeah. It it is kind of silly. That gets revealed at the end that the, that one person, the one woman, understands. I'm also going to say that. Oh, go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Um, like if you would had, I'm trying to think, like more kind of fay actors in these roles, like it wouldn't have been as funny because I think part of the joke of the movie is it's these huge masculine guys and John Leguizamo and drag. Yeah, you got Dalton from Roadhouse dressed up. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is also like cut in this movie. Like he's big. His, I didn't realize how big he was. His jaw is so humongous. But like, well, if you got like a Tom Hiddleston or something, yeah, this oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty like, man. Hard, this, the suspension of disbelief that requires to make this plot go is absurd. Also, like everybody in town, like it's it's funny. Like the Hollywood kind of idea of the small town. It's like these people are aware of literally nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's really on, it's like a classic. It's like it's like a real callback, like on the nose. Like, yeah, it might as well have been a prairie town. Like it was just like yeah. they went back in time. Yeah. Also, that's, um, a, that's a better movie. Dude, they should have they a time through, machine. They go through a time portal. Now, see, that would have been a better movie. Uh, also, yeah. also, um, Virgil's gonna come back and kill his wife, right? Like, yeah. he just sort of drives off. It's like. Like, are you driving off with that tow truck forever? You think a guy that's, like, beating his wife because she put pepper in whatever that thing she was making is going to leave his own home? <laughs> and yeah. Also, while we're talking about that, so so what we're talking about is there's a point in the middle of the movie where uh, the three main characters stay at this, this house because they're... They, 
the mechanic lives in the house, right? No, it's and, a hotel that's also in their house that this... It's like, so a, there, bed, it's like a bed and breakfast. There's yeah. a hotel in a town that has like a legit general store and nothing else. <laughs> it's, it's an old west town. Yeah. So anyway, the the wife of the guy that's the mechanic, like she gets beaten by him. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that one of the things that didn't work for me in this movie is the whole beaten wife thing is way too serious of a thing to be thrown in the middle of this silly movie. Well, there's like, also like they, they try and touch on like these themes, like the, the part where Leguizamo um, is like the only reason you're a drag queen is because you couldn't cut it as a man. And then he gets his... Uh, his wig caught on the ceiling yeah. fan yeah. and he has that moment. And then it has the weirdest cut. And that theme is never addressed for the next four hours of the movie. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. It was kind of strange. There's I think, also like a really strange, like fade to black in one of the scenes. I think it's in that woman's house when she's getting beat and they're in the middle of talking all of a sudden it just cuts. Yeah. There, there's uh there's some stuff i feel like a lot of this movie i i i don't know if, i didn't do any research because i suck but i feel like this is based off a book because i feel like a lot of the like plot points in this movie probably work better as a in in a book where you can like explain more things but like as it stood i felt like a lot of things were just totally inaccurate to or like incongruent with what they were trying to do also, hugo, hugo wrote a synopsis for this thing oh hugo's back hugo's back all right, go ahead. After jointly winning a local drag queen pageant in New York City, Noxima Jackson, Wesley Snipes, and Vito Bohem, Patrick Swayze, win the right and are given the round-trip airfare to compete in the Drag Queen of America pageant in Hollywood, California. Noxima sees herself as the next Dorothy Dandridge, who bucks the trend of most black American movie actresses of her time by never playing the slave housemaid. I don't know where that plot line came from. It was in the. It was. In she the, flat out says it to. Uh, yeah, he said that old it. lady. That old lady. That's when the, the librarian from Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, right. From yeah. Ghostbusters. The old lady starts talking. Vita's yeah. style reflects her past, growing up in upper class suburban Pennsylvania. One of their fellow New York City contestants, Chichi Rodriguez, John Leguizamo, is a straight talking but naive, inexperienced drag queen. Seeing that Chichi needs some drag queen confidence, despite her bravada, Vita and a reluctant <laughs> Nazima decide to cash in their plane tickets and buy an older model Cadillac convertible and drive to Hollywood with Chi-Chi. Their drive takes them through much of the country where alternate lifestyles are less tolerated than they may be in New York. Pause. I'll go. That's it. But that, again, that never comes up in the movie except for Chris Penn wandering into town. Right, because they, they almost do it, and then you have the WNBA joke. Yeah, like, no, it's just so... The suspension, again, the suspension of disbelief required for this plot to work is, is ridiculous. I had a question, though. Like, what was what was Chris Penn's jurisdiction? Like, <laughs> yeah. how much was he allowed to cover? Chris Penn shows up there legit ready to start shooting people in the face with a shotgun. Yeah, and then it's like an I am Spartacus moment. And then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they let it be. But, uh, but all the montages and the stuttering kid and – this movie goes fucking nowhere for days. Yeah. It's like, I, I, it's like the gothic romance scene from Ninja Turtles, but for four hours. <laughs> like when, when Raphael's convalescing in the bathtub in that Raphael said, house. Right before Raphael says, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> damn it! Was that when his shell went soft? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, anything else, guys, before we get into Five Knuckle Shuffles? <clears throat> um, so... 
This movie debuted at number one when it came out of the box office. Really? What do you think its opening weekend haul was? Ooh. 34 million. Uh, 17. 28. Four. Ooh, number one with four million? <laughs> According Did it come to out in February or something? Uh, September. Oh. What was the budget on this movie? I assume you have the INDB. Two fifty. Yeah, the budget. The total box office was forty eight million. I don't see a budget though. Um, um. So according to the production notes on Wikipedia, when it came to casting the leading men, Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo both immediately said yes. Hmm. The role of Vita became the hottest part in town, with what? various actors auditioning in drag. A list that included. Robert Downey Jr., William Baldwin, Gary Oldman, Matthew Broderick, James Spader, John Cusack, Mel Gibson, Robert Sean Leonard. Not sure who that is. I don't know who that is. Uh, Willem Dafoe, John Turturro, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, and Robin Williams. That's so weird. Like, this is a hot That's all over the place. When did The Birdcage come out? After this, oh, I was going to say maybe they thought it'd be another birdcage because I think that movie was like humongous. Yeah, merge, that well, movie, movie came very... out like so. I was curious about like what the reception was about this movie. Yeah, I was googling it and they were saying, um, I think so. What came up the year before was um, uh, Priscilla came out, and then a couple other movies that dealt with like a lot. Of, like I, I don't think. Philadelphia came out the year before, but so other like movies that had like gay leading characters, but the, there was a big emphasis on like um, the AIDS crisis. Like that was like, yeah. a big push, right? And that was one of the things that was written about this. So, like this was a refreshing, refreshing take on this because it featured three uh, gay leads, and they didn't even mention it. Like they just kind of they didn't they didn't have to frame it all around that. They could just say, "Here's another thing to think about." Yeah. Well, and they also like. I mean, they didn't like they they do have that one scene where they mention it, but they're they're not like trying to fuck anybody in this whole movie. Incorrect. Like the year, like so, almost trying to fuck T.S. Like the whole movie, basically. Yeah, but then he doesn't fuck him. Um, was I the only one that was confused as to how old that girl was supposed to be? It was very that whole that whole subplot was very odd. (laughs) Well, I think that I think. I think the problem was, at least the way I read it, I think that Lake Wazamo is supposed to be a lot younger than what you know John Lake Wazamo yeah. is supposed to be. I think that's what I read anyway. I don't know. I could be wrong. But you know, I think he's I think John Lake Wazamo in this movie is supposed to be like eighteen years old. It's interesting that you got the it's interesting that, that many like those people like tried out for the role because like the the director and the uh the director and the writer, it's not like they had a lot of pedigree to like kind of warrant that kind of pull. Yeah, it's also weird they because make? like those names are all over the place. You know what I mean? It's not like they're all a Patrick Swayze type. Yeah. Right. So the director is a woman named B-Ban Kidron. Um, and she what she did, she's got 19 directing credits. And right before this, it was uh I don't know anything she's done. I don't recognize any of the other movies she's done. Maybe, maybe it was a blacklist script. Battleship Potempin. 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 <laughs> like she, did, uh, she did one of the Bridget Joneses later in 2004. Um, well, maybe they knew that was going to be big. She did Hookers, Hustlers, Pimps, and Their Johns, a documentary in 93. 
So, uh, so nothing. She didn't make Jurassic Park. And the guy who wrote it is the guy named Douglas Carter Bean. <laughs> and he, right before this, he hasn't... He Otherwise like, known as Mr. Bean. <laughs> he's got, he, has, he literally has three writing credits. He has this. Yeah. He has a, a play that he wrote in 99 called Advice from a Caterpillar. And he, and he did one of <laughs> the Tracy Ullman show in 2017. So I don't know where anyone... I don't know where the poll came from. I don't know. It's very strange. I mean, Amblin put it out. Amblin was Spielberg's yeah. house, but... Oh. Anyway, anyway uh, let's get into... Uh, Swayze and Leguizamo were both nominated for Best Actor for Golden Globes. Are you fucking serious? What? What? For real? You know? Yeah. Swayze and Leguizamo were both nominated for Best Actor at the 96 Golden Globes. I know you guys said you like performances, but like I thought Leguizamo was fucking irritating as shit, but he is John Leguizamo, so... Yeah, I don't. I thought he was... Per, for, for his... Nor, like, I guess I was comparing it to how he usually is. I thought he was better than he usually is. <laughs> But I thought that Patrick Swayze was really good. Yeah, I thought that I thought Wesley Snipes is really good. Wesley Snipes is struggling in those high heels, though. <laughs> yeah, there are points where it looks like he's going to snap his ankle. <laughs> hey, also, you, Wesley Snipes is very short. I didn't know that. Did you see he's well, on your list of people, five nine? That list of people you ran off, Alec. Did that include uh, uh, Vigo Mortensen? No. Apparently, he also auditioned for the uh, the, the Swayze role. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen then, what did he, he hadn't done anything, had he? He would have just been a dude. I don't know. He was in one of those Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. I would like to see Willem Dafoe in that what, role. Did you say one of them was Gary Oldman? I yeah. can see it. He was in that, that friggin' weird tiptoes or whatever at this time, remember? Oh, no, the, that movie came out like the 2000s, didn't it? Oh, did it? I thought it was the 90s. 2003. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to watch that. I, I feel like it's been covered too much in too many other podcasts. That's yeah. the only problem. That's a Patreon exclusive, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Five knuckle shuffle time. Alec. Alec. <laughs> oh, my God. It's got Perona. Shocked me. Um, <laughs> it's going to... Uh, s- Four fingers in your butthole. <clears throat> Yes. God damn. Yeah. Like no. This. Like this. Like this. We <laughs> put on two hands. Um, <laughs> both piggies, both pointers. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, uh, I think like a seven or an eight. I give it a seven. Holy! Wow! Holy! Like I liked it. I thought it was fun. Shit. And I, I can admit it had problems, and I really didn't like John Leguizamo's character, but I thought Swayze and Snipes were both really good. Um, Chris Penn's really good. A lot of the supporting characters didn't have a lot to do, but they were all fine with what they were given. Um, yeah, it was a perfectly cromulent movie. Oh, yeah, I also forgot there was, like, speaking of dark themes in this movie, there was an attempted gang rape in this yes. movie, too. Yeah, that that was also glossed over by the end of the movie. Yeah. It was it yeah. Really weird. Yeah, that was odd, to say the least. <clears throat> yeah. You, you almost got that boogie night scene. <laughs> it was, uh... So, final score is at seven? Yeah, it was, uh, okay. it was... 
it was a fun, weird romp. All right. And you uh, passed the mic to you. Oh, shit. I'm me. Don't jerk me around. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> um, I, uh, back when James Wood was uh, fun, uh, I give this a six. Uh, I didn't hate it. It's better than fine. And it's not bad enough to be a four. So I guess it gets a six. I think that it, I, I just, but I, it's, it, this is unfair. You know what? I, I take it back. I take it back. It gets a four because I think too much of what I like about it, I wanted a different movie. And then, so that doesn't count. That doesn't mean that doesn't give points to this movie. I want this movie to be the fun road trip movie that they promised me in the beginning. The fact that you get one stop kind of kills me. Like I want this movie to be kind of a goofy, like they go town to town and do silly shit. But the fact that they just end up in this old West town and then the movie just kind of stops. It kills it. Um, the beginning of this movie is fantastic. Uh, all three of these guys, even like Wazamo, they all have, I think they have good chemistry with each other. They all bounce off each other really well. I thought all the jokes, even the, the Robin Williams stuff at the beginning, like at, at one point they ask, they ask Robin Williams, who's this like travel guru manager question mark. They're like, what's the cheapest way to get to oh, LA? And he's like, buy mule. And, and fucking Wesley Snipes goes, I don't care for mules. And he's like, but I'll give you your four acres. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, what the, yeah. I was like, this is that kind of, this is the nineties. We're, we're cool. It's just throwing out slavery jokes left and right. Like, all right. It's, it's weird and punchy at first. And I'm like, okay, I can get along with this. It felt like an old movie. Like, I mean like old, like, like Marx brothers kind of like constantly quipping, like, a thousand things back and forth like i was like okay i I can get that i i I can dig that and then it gets to the middle and it's this weird melodrama about a beaten wife and about a town that like learns to love different the town the dreaded sundown yeah (laughs) well um also though i will say that the the movie gets points at the end because the only like when they have that whole celebration because the the drag queens end up they have the town has this strawberry pie festival and the drag queens give it a bunch of uh, that old razzle-dazzle. And that's like the whole end of the movie. And uh, I thought it was funny because at the end of the movie, it's this, you know, very conservative town that learns to love gay people. And they're all dancing and singing and kissing. And it's all great. And I was like, this is like Alex Jones's nightmare. This is what he thinks is literally going to happen. Like, drag queens are going to come in. Turn the frogs gay. Well, he literally like I listened to this podcast called Knowledge Fight where they they, they analyze the Alex Jones show. It's brilliant, but yeah. he talks about Alex Jones talks about drag queen story time like every other episode. He is terrified of drag queens and alternate lifestyles. It's it's hilarious. So, what like, he I, should be mad about is encouraging kids to read because that shit sucks. Yeah, it is the worst. But uh, overall, like I don't know, I didn't hate this. It, I I don't. I'm I'm like in a hard. I'm in a hard. I'm in a weird limbo with giving this a score. See, I don't think you, I, I'm not gonna speak for your scores. Like you could score whatever you want, but it evoked a lot more of a reaction from you than I would think would yeah. be worthy of a four. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to a six. <laughs> six. That's the Alec, same thing. Just on the, the other problems <laughs> with the movie. Six, six for you, dog. Alec, didn't you give Turbo Kid like a two? Yes. Yeah, that oh, hurts. That's ridiculous. 
Sean. Uh, it's a three. Uh, like, there are parts, like, we touched on, like, there are, like, good, fun parts of this, but there's so many, like, disparate threads that go nowhere, and, like, the two-thirds of this movie are boring as piss. Like, everything, basically, from when they show up to the town to Chris Penn showing up to commit extrajudicial drag queen murder is, like, such a slog. Also, can we talk about their local drag show where 10,000 people show up? I did notice. Well, I was like New York City, but, yeah, it was, like, the biggest event in the world, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the Subway series. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just – I don't see – what like you guys see in this movie because like like I said like the, the banter's cool but like some parts of it are so dark without like earning it and just letting it go and that like the whole town the fucking montage where they're dressing up in these heretofore unknown perfectly sized 60 clothes that they don't pay for and they all come out looking like macho man Randy Savage <laughs> and then that goes nowhere they they cure a kid's stutter by giving him the autobiography of some broad that like he reads it for two seconds and instantly his stutter's gone. Like, what the fuck is even going on in this movie? <laughs> like, and it feels like really long. I don't know. It's like, you say it drags on. Nah. No, it's it's drag on. The former member of the Locks. <laughs> um, nah, it's like a three bordering on a two. I thought this was really bad. All right. And then finally, <laughs> Your Su Wong Fu is Alex Turbo Kid. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, this is like. This is a very strong seven, possibly. Yeah. So it's as good as Repo Man. It's yeah, it's as good oh. as Repo Man. Oh my god! when I first started watching it, I was like, I kind of was like, I don't know. And then after that first RuPaul, like the racial tensions joke, I was like, okay. And then I kind of like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed. I thought Lake Wazamo. Oh my uh, god, Rachel Tensions, I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> once that once that joke great. happened, I was like, okay. I, I thought I thought Snipes, Lake Wasamo, and Swayze were all like I liked their chemistry a lot. And yes, it put them in like the the small town with all the same old kind of tropes and whatever, but I enjoyed them playing off each other. I enjoyed the way that they performed it. I, I liked it a, I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Um, and I liked a lot more of the rundown. So I was like, oh, okay. This is, this is, this is surprising. But yeah, when I finished it, I was like, oh, this is, this isn't bad. And I hadn't watched it since, I guess it came out in 94. I probably saw it, I don't know, when it came out on uh, VHS, like what, the next year or whatever. Yeah. Got to remember that. Remember when VHS movies used to take like a year to come out? Well, I remember I, remember I lost a copy of something from a rental house. And they told me it was going to cost me $600. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, it's not available. It's not wildly released yet. So I was like, okay. Um, oh, yeah, God, I forgot about that. The fact that there used to be the rental market and then the home video market. The was home video a- market came out like oh. months after the rental market. Like, So <laughs> there was this little period where they could make all their scratch. I mean, it's still kind of like that. They release movies to rent on Amazon before you can buy them. Yeah, but you couldn't Dude, lose Now them. it's only two weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, half a year. But yeah, I, I I I liked it a lot more than I thought. I liked John Leguizamo a lot more than I thought I would like him in it. I loved Wesley Snipes in it. Um, I really I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a very 1994 movie. Um, like it just 
had all the it just felt like that, but yeah, it's it's a strong seven. Mm. So mm-hmm. there we go. All right. Well it's twenty uh, repo men. <laughs> Jesus. So whose pick is it next week? You pick this week, so you pick next. Alec. I Alec. didn't pick I didn't pick this week. Yeah. You did I pick was, this week. No, I mean like I wasn't I I didn't volunteer to pick. Somebody no, picked your, me. It was your pick, so now you get to pick next. Look, this is for for the law to decide. Uh, Alec, you pick. What What's your pick for next week? Mm, I don't know. Well, think about it. We yeah, have to. I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. By let me know by Sunday, because that's what I'm going to try and squeeze oh, I'll let you guys know by tomorrow, so you can uh, Okay. I have time to watch it. I, I'm interested to see like Goggs's moral dilemma between Point Break and Roadhouse. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Like I'm gonna watch the other one. I want to like, watch. We have to watch for homework. I'm gonna watch the other one. I really want to watch the one Sean's gonna pick. Oh, Steel Dawn. It's about like like he's a samurai after World War Three or something. It seems insane. I've never heard of that. Yeah, no one has. Well, Red Dawn is also in play, right? Sure, like all the dawns. All I remember. The, I remember liking that movie. That's yeah, the one with the Wolverines, right? Yeah, Powers Booth just shows up in the middle of the movie to deliver exposition. He just That's falls true. out of the sky to let you yeah. know the Chinese are good people. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show. Nice, uh, Gogs. You got anything to plug? You want to plug your OnlyFans? Yeah, everybody, get, catch me on them premium snaps. <laughs> But yeah, we're good. Cox is selling his gross feet pics. Yeah, you don't want to see those. Oh god! You know, I don't. I don't know who QT sixty nine is, but he's certainly buying a lot of these. (laughs) (laughs) If I see my own own feet during sex, I lose my boner. Oh my god! (laughs) Do you look down a lot when you fuck? I mean, down and back. I don't know. (laughs) Down and back. Yeah. How are you doing? He only oh. fucks in the wheelbarrow position. <laughs> That's right. And I'm in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Go fuck your own ass. Mm. Lube up, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Another one in the can. That's right. So you guys remember in Justice League when like Flash is like, what's your superpower? And Bruce Wayne's like, I'm rich. So I, I just, I've been thinking about that scene a lot and like he gets in the Batmobile and Bruce Wayne just starts jerking off to gay porn and he's like, what's your superpower? I'm gay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>